So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is awesome to have you tuning in today. I want to explore a question today, which is why most investors get lost on their wealth building journey. Now, the reason I want to address this question is I've had a number of conversations with really smart people who have been on the investing journey for some time, but appear to have lost their way. There's often a lot of charge around this. People feel very emotional about it. They feel that they should have achieved more by now. They beat themselves up over mistakes or lost opportunities. And so what I want to do is actually take a step backwards and really go deep on what are some of the things that you should be asking yourself to make sure that you don't derail or, you know, get off track. And, you know, these are some concepts that I've covered in isolation in the past, but I really want to put a nice neat bow on it today so that you can get really clear on how to continue to develop momentum and move in the right direction. The thing that I want to kind of start with, and I think this is really uh, a fundamental philosophical belief that I have, is that building wealth is not rocket science. And I say that like a broken record inside of my community. It's not rocket science. I think there are a lot of people out there who have a tendency to want to use a lot of jargon, a lot of vernacular to confuse you on purpose so that they can lead you towards certain asset classes and certain investments. The thing that I would say is that wealth building is simple. It should be simple, but that doesn't necessarily translate into easy. Um, sometimes the simplest of things can be very complex or we can have resistance to it. Our background can prevent us from taking cohesive action. And, you know, I think ultimately there are just so many permutations around how to approach money, wealth building, psychology. And the truth of the matter is we're often all victims of self-sabotage. You know, we can understand the theory of how to execute on something and often our emotions or our baggage prevents us from taking the right course of action. Where I want to start today, though, is I want to just give you some statistics so that you've got a really kind of, I guess, clear context for why this is a really important topic. Now, obviously, anecdotally, I've told you I, I speak to dozens of investors every month and I'm hearing often the same sorts of pain and the same sorts of messages. I want to share with you this survey conducted by Franklin Templeton on behalf of the Harris Poll. And really what they were doing was surveying a huge volume of everyday families and asking them about financial concerns and priorities. And, you know, one of the statistics that came out is that 79% of millennials 
feel that the soaring living expenses have changed the way they think about retirement. 73% of all respondents said that inflation has definitely threatened retirement. 63% of individuals aged 40 to 55 are saying the current economic environment has definitely affected their retirement plans. And, you know, when they looked across the entire, you know, multiple thousands of people that they interviewed, the number one priority when it comes to wealth and finances was achieving, still remains achieving financial independence. There was concerns around paying off, you know, student loans, saving for expenses, saving for health, managing inflation. But, you know, this concern that, you know, achieving financial independence was actually moving with, you know, outside of reach was a massive concern. One of the things that they coined as an expression was this idea of the great resignation. It was a buzzword that, you know, has been bandied around during particularly the the last two or three years with COVID. And essentially, you know, it's been an employee's market. For the first time in a long time, talent is in short supply. There's high demand. People are sputting up in from a business perspective against being able to grow because they can't find the right people. But what this survey has found, and this is quite a recent survey, is that 66% of employees are actually now saying they want to stay put with their current employer. 89% said they're likely to stay for at least the next 12 months. So we're actually seeing the pendulum starting to swing the other way. And part of this is actually driven by a desire for stability. So I think it's 66% of people said the current economic environment encourages me to want to stay with my current employer. Uh, 47% said I know someone in my company who got their old job back after leaving in the last five years. So all of this is really kind of giving us a flavor for where people's heads are at. You know, there is concern. And this idea that the great resignation is turning back into the great return is a really interesting idea. And really what we want to do is say, well, okay, if all these things are kind of true or, you know, true for now, what does that mean for us as investors? What does that mean for us on our journey to wealth building? You know, one of the things I also believe very strongly in is that there is no barrier to building wealth as much as it may feel that way. Um, And I have great empathy for people who have really feel like they're starting behind the eight ball. Maybe they, you know, maybe they don't have great income. Maybe they're a migrant. Maybe they come from a family who, you know, never had much support around money. Maybe they've inherited some really unhealthy money beliefs. But the ultimate truth in my world is that if you seek the right help, you can overcome all of those things. And in my own journey around coaching and supporting others, I've definitely recognized that people who have been through huge amounts of trauma around money can, if they choose to, uh, work through those things and ultimately end up in a very successful relationship with money. So I think what I want to do today is really just focus in on some of the challenges that I'm seeing and then ultimately give you what I'm calling my key big questions that you should be asking yourself if you don't want to end up being one of those people who gets lost on the wealth building journey. So let's actually get into it. If I were to start 
by focusing on this idea that, you know, what I see a lot of times is that people get lost in the short game. So one of the concepts I've spoken about in past podcasts is this idea of the difference between playing the long game and the short game. The short game is really all about how do I generate more income in the now? How do I grow my lifestyle today? How do I enjoy my money and wealth today? And essentially what happens is this is where the bulk of people play. They play in this short game. The focus is predominantly on how do I earn more income? Now, I was really lucky enough last year to go to a conference which was being held by a dear friend of mine who coaches women. And one of the things uh, that these women were doing was they were trying to understand how to ascend the corporate ladder in a fashion that they felt really good about, very empowered about. And obviously, one of the perks of being able to do that is essentially a higher income. And one of the things that um, happened at the end of the day was um, my friend said, well, you're here. Would you mind sitting down and kind of sharing some wisdom around money and wealth? And the first thing that I said to everyone was that you know, you're here striving for more income. But the truth of the matter is that when you get that extra 10, 20 or 30% income, it's going to be spent or accounted for before you even have time to think about it. Even if you got that extra pay rise or that rise in income, it wouldn't actually make any difference to your overall wealth position. And people were quite taken aback by that and realized that there was actually a, a, you know, at least a grain of truth in it. So this short game is the one that people need to, you do need to play it, but you need to remember the context of the long game. So if you think of the cherry in the middle is the short game, like how do I earn more income now? How do I grow my lifestyle? All of the concerns around, you know, the immediate next six to 12 months around the outside of that is what I call the long game. And I'm really simplifying this now, but essentially it's that is about future. How do you take care of your future self, your future family? That's where legacy lives and far fewer people play this game. And, you know, the best example of this is often white collar professionals, doctors, dentists, especially, they are so focused on the short game of how do I earn more now so that I can buy the $10 million home, have those $30,000 holidays multiple times a year, um, whose savings patterns are often ad hoc. And I don't mean to pick on that kind of um, cohort there, but it's, it's often very common there. They are predominantly focused on keeping up with their neighbors and the focus on status and the belief is that high income will eventually result in wealth. And, you know, sometimes that's true. Um, whether it's deliberate or accidental, and sometimes it's not true. And what I see more often than not are a lot of white-collar professionals in particular, but even tradies who have had a very successful career or business, haven't put a whole lot of effort into diverting some of that premium income into that long game and now find themselves with a very short runway where perhaps their expectations for where they would be at this point have fallen short. So, You know, just to put a nice neat bow on that, you know, getting lost in playing the short game and forgetting about the long game is probably the number one factor in why people get lost on the wealth journey. 
The second thing I want to kind of really touch on now is this concept of abdicating. A lot of people believe they don't have the skill set. They don't know enough. It's not their training. So they go and find someone and they say, here, take my money. Let me give you the keys to my wealth building. And please, you're trained in this. Go and do a good job with my money. But I can tell you now, and I've said this like a broken record over the last few years, Nobody cares about your money as much as you do. And the truth of the matter is that most wealth professionals, wealth advisors have a very narrow, deep focus on what they will and won't invest in. It's not their fault. It's the way that that industry has been regulated. But the truth of the matter is, if you want a an ordinary result, the only way to achieve the sort of financial independence or success that you want is to earn a ton of money and then hand it to them and hope that they get you at least part of the way towards that goal. But I would say to you, hands down, and I'm saying this anecdotally now, those people who elect to stay in control of their money decisions have significantly much better results than those who abdicate. I think the main problem with the model of giving your money to somebody else and hoping they do a great job with it is that results get diluted or there's poor decision-making. I think as well, we can often get stuck in the paradigms of others. If we feel we're not educated in a particular strategy or you know, wealth building in general, then we often just adopt the way that other people think. So if someone says to us, well, you should be investing in bonds or you should be investing in the share market, we go, oh, okay, I guess that's the right way to do it. Instead, what I would encourage people to consider is that instead of abdicating, that you retain decision-making control. You certainly should take, educate yourself on what's available to you. But ultimately, what you have to ask yourself as an investor at the end of the day is, does this strategy make sense? Is it congruent with my goals? Is it where I want to be putting my money? Does it feel like the right level of risk? Or do you just blindly accept that somebody knows you well enough, knows what you want, has an edge, a competitive edge that you feel comfortable just saying, just do what you want with my money and I'll come back to you in 47 years and hopefully you've done the right thing. So the second big mistake is this abdicating. I am a huge proponent of retain control of your decision-making. It doesn't mean to say you don't work with other people. It doesn't mean to say you don't rely on a number of people to help you grow your wealth. And you certainly want to leverage skills, resources, insights, relationships for sure, but don't abdicate. So that's a really important one. The next one is uh, people who get lost because they've got no real plan. The idea of financial independence in general is a very loosey-goosey concept. Um, it's an idea. It's not common for people to actually be very detailed about what financial independence actually means. And without defining what it means, how could you possibly create a plan that is uh, a series of steps that you plan to execute on to get you to where you want to go in the time frame that you want? So this idea of a plan, most people that I speak to, regardless of whether they have been successful as investors or not, find themselves in a situation where to some degree they've been a little bit opportunistic and organic about their investment decision making. And I'm not saying you don't need to remain flexible in the, this, the decision making and the accumulation of investments, but without the context of a bigger overarching plan about you know, resources that you're going to allocate, time that you're going to put into it, 
um, the direction and types of strategies that you're going to adopt, the cadence with which you are going to deploy capital, it is almost impossible to reach the financial aspirations that you have because it really becomes this, gee, I hope I'm moving in the right direction type story. And I can't even tell you the number of people that I've spoken to who have on paper developed quite a a strong net worth either accidentally or through some efforts around their investing, but it it doesn't actually give them what they need. It doesn't actually deliver to them the sort of financial independence that they'd had in mind, but maybe hadn't put into into words or into, into writing. So this concept of no real plan is a really common reason why people get lost. The next one I would say in terms of why people get lost is they don't know how to position themselves to access better quality investments. The vast majority, and I'm going to say, and I'll, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit cheeky about this, but it feels like at least 95% of people kind of accept the status quo that there's this set pool of investments and they've got no choice but to stick their fishing rod into that very small pond and hope they pull out a good deal. Everyone is looking for alpha alpha being outsized returns compared to everybody else. But the truth of the matter is people cannot consistently expect to achieve alpha or outsized returns if you just do what everybody else is doing. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing this point is that until you are prepared to step back and really put your head into like, this is a big world. What are the other investment opportunities out there? How do I step up into accessing a better quality of investment, regardless of strategy, so that I can achieve alpha, so that I can achieve those outsized returns? It is very hard to shortcut your timeline to financial freedom, to financial independence. And so this is really a conversation about how are you thinking? And then what are the actions that you are taking to penetrate better caliber of network, better caliber of thinking? Are you talking to the right people? Are you part of the right communities? Are you aligning with people who are unicorns in the way that they think? And if you can start to really kind of even consider this as an idea, then immediately you're going to start looking in places that everybody else is, you know, basically ignoring. And that has been my experience. When I pushed up against my borrowing limit with the banks, the question wasn't, oh, well, I'll just sit back and just wait for the next investment opportunity to arise. It was what else? And this ability to say what else, what else, what else continuously is really the secret source to getting those outsized returns. So this is a really important one. I want to constantly be positioning myself to be accessing A-grade investments before others in markets where there is high inefficiency so that I can get a competitive edge. And frankly, in my world, the alternative real estate investment space is how I'm doing that. I've talked in, you know, ad nauseum about alternative investments in other podcasts, so I don't want to deep delve into that here, but that would be an example of how you need to grow your mind so that you can really focus on staying on track to where you want to go with your financial independence. The final piece for me in terms of mistakes or why I see people kind of losing their way with their wealth building is they don't 
find good guides and mentors to support their journey. Now, this is a a different kind of conversation to the abdicate. So abdicate is about giving your investment decision-making to someone else. What I'm talking about here is maybe a flavor of that, but I'm a huge believer in mentors and guides who will support my journey. And if I look at my own wealth building and investing results, I've had a number of points of inflection where I've suddenly had a, a bit of a spurt in terms of success. And I can attribute every single one of those spurts to having received some kind of guide or mentorship paid in a lot of cases where someone has kind of just given me an insight, which has opened up a whole new world to me. So I remember when I first, for example, stumbled across alternative investments, you know, I was really looking at a very small slice of that world and probably did all the wrong deals with the wrong people. But in making those mistakes, I suddenly got a glimpse through, you know, a crack in the door of of some other opportunities that I could potentially take advantage of. And then another crack and then another crack until eventually I started to penetrate networks to find guides and mentors who have completely blown my mind to investment opportunities, ways to protect the capital I have, how to ensure that I don't make catastrophic mistakes, how to navigate economic turbulence, how to build legacy so that my wealth continues to work long after I'm gone. All of the things that kind of make up all the facets of wealth have come to me because I've sought mentorship. And I guess the point that I want to make here is that there are a lot of people out there who are very skilled in one area, particularly around real estate investing. And so their kind of mantra is, I'm the expert, I'm done. But the truth of the matter is you are never done. If you have the ability to adopt humility around your capacity to learn and grow, again, I think you set yourself up for much greater success long-term. So, With that, what I want to leave you with today is some questions that you absolutely need to answer if you want to achieve financial independence and even go on to create financial legacy and success. And these all kind of fall off the, I guess, the the points that I've made today. Number one, do you have a plan to generate a pool of investments that will deliver you the income stream that you need to maintain your life? Or is your strategy to eat the cow, to sell down assets and run them down till you get back to zero? Number two, do you have access to a mentor or guide that will show you the easiest path and avoid the big mistakes and pitfalls on your wealth creation journey? And number three, do you have access to the deals that you want and need to reach financial independence in the timeframe that you want? And I guess the the catch-all that goes around all of that is, am I educated on what my options are? And if you don't feel that you know what your investing options are, that is where you should start. But anyway, guys, I kind of want to wrap up there. I think this is a really, really important question to be thinking about. I think that, you know, the path to financial independence doesn't have to be as complex and arduous and long as what most people experience. I think a lot of investors are feeling really overwhelmed and lost right now. So two things, if you're interested in really kind of dialing in and finding the right path for you, and you think that I'm someone that could help, please, by all means, reach out. But 
The other thing I would say to you is that go back to those three or four questions, ask yourself those questions, sit down over a cup of tea, write out the answers and see if you can write yourself. See if you can get unlost, find yourself back on the map and moving towards financial independence at a rate that you feel confident about. Because regardless of what people tell you about the wobbles in the economy and you know the, the cliff, the interest rate cliff and the inflation and all of that, things move in cycles. So we don't want to get caught up in the fear or paralyzed by what's happening today if we're playing the long game. Till next time, guys, take care. 